at the character of Joseph, not Joseph, the one who was sold into slavery and by God's hand becomes a big deal in Egypt, not that Joseph. Uh, today, we'll, today, our attention will be given to Joseph, the husband of Mary, and together, the parents of Jesus. Now, if you like scribbling down titles, today's title is, there's something about Joseph. Okay, so you are engaged. Here's your scenario. You are engaged to be married. And you discover that your wife-to-be is pregnant. Now, okay, this isn't obviously your preferred order of things. But you stand there, you take a deep breath, and you think, okay, we can roll with this. However, you ponder the situation further, put two and two together, and then you suddenly realize not only is your wife-to-be pregnant, but it's not your baby. I'm going to do that one more time in a moment. Oh, yeah, I like that. <clears throat> we are, of course, talking about the most famous family in the world. At Christmas time, the nativity story is quite the highlight, and of course, rightfully so. It is a story that's been told again in schools and again through films and musicals and beautifully crafted books. However, so often the nativity, the nativity story presented does tend to skip the drama at the beginning, or at least it doesn't provide the context into which Mary becomes pregnant. Instead, it quickly moves on to the journey of Mary and Joseph, the no room at the inn, the birth in the manger, the shepherds, the wise men, and the king who is super jealous of a newborn baby. I think even, funny enough though, even if we included the drama, the reality is today, this type of storyline may not actually be so shocking to people. However, if we inserted this scene of Mary and Joseph's engagement and discovered pregnancy into the Middle Eastern timeline of one year BC, it would definitely fuel a different type of response. This would most certainly hit a decent nine on the shock, on the shock scale. The episode would end... The voices would gasp, and the drums would kick in. That's it, I'm doing that. I'm done now. I don't have to do it anymore. <clears throat> Culturally, at the time of Mary and Joseph, from the, from the outside looking in, this would have been viewed as a really messy situation, a pretty big thing, even a scandal. There would have been shame for Mary, and that shame would have stuck and likely impacted her future and place in the community. So, I would like to share with you a little something about Joseph. Probably a little bit of an unsung hero in this story. And, of course, Mary receives a great deal of credit for several good reasons. And actually, we'll pick that up in a couple of weeks when I'm with you, when we look at the character of Mary. However, today, hopefully, by sharing a little something about Joseph, we will discover his steps of faith in what seems like a messy circumstance and grasp something about the wonderful way that God operates. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to uh, read together from the scriptures. So Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your word. Lord, I want to pray, uh, Lord, that you would impart it afresh to us again today. Father, as you look at the character of Joseph, Lord, would you illuminate, uh, Lord, your scripture to us afresh, Lord, that we would not go from here the same. I pray that you would just take us on that little deeper with you. 
and ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to read from Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. So Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, from sleep he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, he took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Uh, knew her not is code for he didn't spend any intimate time with her. <clears throat> so diving a bit deeper into this context, I think should give us a bigger appreciation for the feel-good factor, really, of this nativity scene. So a little bit about Joseph. So firstly, Joseph was a, a carpenter, and he was betrothed. That's a nice word, isn't it? Betrothed. Joseph was betrothed to a girl called Mary. Betrothal for Jews at this time is like being engaged, but more binding. It wasn't just future husband for future wife and future wife, but actually family to family. And when agreed between families, a year later, the marriage would take place. So betrothal indicated a commitment of exclusivity. Mary was bound to Joseph. Joseph was bound to Mary. However, if it were to be broken, that would cause the deepest offense, not just to the person betrothed, but also to the family, the household name. Joseph has a pretty rich and colorful ancestry. That includes prophets, kings, and a prostitute. He is from the line of King David, the most famous king in Jewish history. And for that reason, he traveled from Nazareth to Galilee and Bethlehem in Judah where they, when they took that worldwide census because the household, of, household name of King David was in Judah. And Joseph's family shared that household name, which is pretty cool. It's like saying your great-great-granddad was like Winston Churchill. The Gospel of Matthew tells us that Joseph was a just man, a just man, which means he was led by truth and reason and fairness culminating in works of justice. He was a just man. Truth, reason, fairness, justice. His character plays an important part in how he reacts when he discovers that the woman he is betrothed to 
has seemingly broken their binding commitment to one another. So in the scriptures, note how Joseph responds, in, particularly in what we just read, because his behavior occurs before he has been given any kind of revelation. Revelation given by the angel that Mary has not deceived him or acted shamefully, but that God has initiated his rescue plan for the world through his servant. And Joseph has a huge part to play in that plan. How Joseph responds in that moment should serve as an example to us all on what it is to act justly, even when the matter may deeply, personally affect us. So being betrothed was so binding a commitment that if you were seeking to end that agreement and relationship, even in betrothal, you'd have to do so via a divorce. So in Matthew 1.19, when Joseph learns that Mary is with child and is yet to have an understanding of the context, the scripture tells us that he is unwilling to put her to shame. That word unwilling in the Greek combines determination and love. In love, he is determined not to see Mary publicly humiliated. And so he seeks as a just man to divorce her quietly out of the public eye, which meant in that community, quietness, even quietness, would be costly for Joseph in terms of reputation and honor, as well as for Mary, because no one would have known the true reason for the divorce, but it certainly would have been a point of conversation. As we know in all good communities, it would have been a juicy bit of gossip. Of course, when God speaks to Joseph, personally through his angel to reveal this miraculous conception and God's plan for this special child, more of Joseph's character and his behavior is, is revealed. Because not only is he shown to be just and fair, acting with determination and love, but he's also shown to be obedient to God. And this seems to be like the common ground for these men and women in the Bible who take steps of faith. Joseph responds in obedience by doing all that God asks of him. He takes Mary as his wife and commits to raising Jesus as his own son. So let's pause there for a moment because something very special happens here in regard to the way that Joseph behaves. If we're not careful, we can be quick to overlook it. Firstly, Joseph displays a holy reverence for God in the way that he totally respects Mary. Which means that in doing so, Joseph is not just doing what God has asked, but he's also fully embracing the significance of what God is doing, especially with Mary. And realizing, too, that he has a significant role to play. And the first thing he does is show God the greatest respect for his plan by keeping that intimate, physical relationship between husband and wife on the back burner until after the baby is born. Now, of course, we all know that Jesus has siblings, so he doesn't always keep that intimate physical relationship on the back burner after Jesus is born. Clearly, we know that Joseph and Mary had a pretty fruitful hubby and wife time, resulting in more children. But what a wonderful demonstration right there and then of honor and respect that Joseph shows to God and his wife Mary in light of God's plan. And secondly, and I think this one is a crucial one, is Joseph's embracing of God's plan leads to his embracing of Jesus. 
he adopts Jesus as his own son. In the beginning, the Bible tells us that God made man in his own image, in his own likeness, and Joseph here is operating in the likeness of God as one who is just, one who is obedient, one who is husband, one who is a father, and one who is an adopter. In his ministry, Jesus talked about the carpenter's Jesus is talked about as the carpenter's son, which actually in the context is meant to be taken as a, as a negative. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's basically taken negatively as the crowd can't actually believe that this guy from Nazareth had this great authority and was healing people and was teaching in a way that he was teaching. However, I think that we should view it more as a positive endorsement of the wonderful way that Joseph honored God, honored his wife, and on his son, and the way that also God honored Joseph. Jesus was known as the carpenter's son. So before I take a look at what that might mean for you and I, I'd like to take the opportunity to share a little something about God. The spread of the Bible helps us to understand that God operates as one who is just, one who is obedient, one who is a husband, one who is a father, and one who is an adopter. And we see that in a, as a reflection in a way of, in light of Joseph's character and his behavior. But now we look to the source in order to grasp something of the wonder of who he is and how he behaves. So in light of Joseph, we look to God. In light of his behavior and his character, we, we, look, from the, we look to the source. And firstly, God is one who is just. Where Joseph was led by truth, reason, and fairness culminating in works of justice, the Bible helps us understand that God is not led by them, but is them. Jesus, the carpenter's son, said, I am the truth. He is the source from which truth, reason, and fairness proceeds. Truth Reason and fairness proceed from God. That is why God intervenes with Joseph. He intervenes to reveal the truth about Mary's situation. He tells Joseph, this is my doing. He then gives the reason as to why this has happened. That in accordance with what God spoke long ago, he raised someone who will save the people from their sins. And God does this in a matter of fairness to both Joseph and Mary. God involves Joseph and Mary in the reasons why. God honors his creation by involving them in the conversation. This helps to reshape Joseph's thinking on the matter in order that he make a more well-informed decision about what he does next. God is just. God also is one who is obedient. Did you know that God is obedient? If we were measuring obedience by how the Bible describes it, um, I think it's helpfully kind of summarized this following instruction out of relationship in holy reverence. Then we need to look no further than the example that is set by God himself. So the arrival of Jesus at this time into the world and into Mary and Joseph's life was a, a taster of obedience in action. The scripture tells us in 1 John 4, 19 that we love because he first loved us. The greatest example of God's obedience was yet to come yet it had already been initiated. For from the beginning of Scripture and of time, we read of a seed of hope that would be seen, sown into the world. 
talking about seeds this morning, I think, with the kids' work and how they impart. From the beginning of Scripture, we read of a seed of hope that would be sown into the world as the man Jesus, this king of heaven and Carpenter's son, would yield his life on a cross for a world that justly deserved to be eternally separated from God. Is this going to be a battery moment, guys? Or, uh, or, or no? Good. I, I love it. Whenever these things happen, the, the PA guys start talking at the back. And you're thinking, I wonder what's going to happen next. So I'm just intervening now. You're all good, yeah? Happy days. Okay. So from, let's, I'll start from there. From the beginning of the scripture in time, we read a seed of hope that would be sown into the world as the man Jesus, this king of heaven and carpenter's son, would yield his life on a cross for a world that justly deserved to be eternally separated from God. His life, his arrival, was God's mission made flesh to save the people from their sins. We are obedient because he was first obedient. We love because he first loved us. God is also one who is a husband. It's a little bit tricky to explain that the Bible paints a picture of God as a husband to his people, the bride. If we use just Joseph as an example, Joseph, the husband-to-be, was unwilling, this Greek word meaning lovingly determined, to see Mary, the bride-to-be, not publicly shamed. That is the truth of God's attitude towards us. When Adam and Eve mess up in the garden, they suddenly realize that they are naked and ashamed. God is just in his response, but he is also lovingly determined to see that they are not publicly shamed. So he covers them in their nakedness. This is part of God's behavior, his care towards his bride to be. You and I, we mess up, don't we? We come from a line of people have messed up, particularly in our attitude toward God. That at times is going to leave us feeling a little bit naked, exposed, sometimes a little bit shameful. God was and is so lovingly determined for that shame not to, do, not to become something of a public spectacle. So which, if you're good at hiding things, you may assume that you'll get away with not being exposed particularly if you're carrying something inside here, okay? So however, God is just. So truth, reason, and fairness will prevail. And just remember, Adam and Eve were hiding in their shame, by the way, and God found them. So God's pretty good at hide and seek. So in the rightful course of action, if you've messed up, it will get exposed and aired. You might have thought you might have got away with it or hidden it for now or buried it somewhere, but one day God will bring it to light. However, this is the caveat. God is so lovingly determined for you that he sent his one and only son that through his sacrifice you might be covered and successfully united with him in a beautiful picture of marriage. With Christ as the husband and you and I as the bride, God is just. God is obedient. God is husband. And God is one who is father and adopter. In the Jewish culture at the time of Jesus, sons at the early age, at an early age, would go out with their father to learn their craft. 
Joseph was a carpenter, and so Jesus learned carpentry. It is here that the Father teaches, shapes, corrects, shares, and imparts, leaving this unmistakable footprint in their children's lives. Joseph did this with a son that was not his own, but whom he had counted as his own. And this again is a reflection of God known throughout the Bible as a father and adopter. Fathering proceeds from God and is God. Jesus teaches us to pray to God as father. And the Bible uses fathering language to describe how God operates with those he considers his children. It's a language of teaching, of shaping, of correcting, of imparting, of sharing and providing. And the nature of this father is adoption. For those who understand how messy things have got, most of us in this room, for those who understand how messy things have got, who like Adam and Eve feel naked and ashamed, exposed for the world to see, for those who understand that this shame is connected or has been connected to how they have disregarded God in life, and for those who recognize that they need one who is just, one who is obedient, one who is husband, one who is father, and is willing themselves to embrace the covering of Jesus in their life, God is the one who adopts you as his own. Not only are you counted as his beautiful bride, but you are a son and a daughter to him. This is a beautiful, biblical, pictural language to help you and I understand how much God values you and loves you. So a little bit of something all this means for you. For the church family, we ultimately look to God because all good things proceed from him and we aspire to be like him. But God has also given us characters in the Bible to learn from, ordinary men and women whom we can relate to and be inspired by. Ordinary guys whom God gave special responsibilities and these one-liners in scripture that detail God's pleasure in his people. Joseph was a just man. If I could have a one-liner from God, I would take it. You know, Joseph is a just man. Paul was present or something like that. That would be good enough, I think. <laughs> Paul turned up. Let's learn from Joseph to look to God and be led by truth, reason, fairness, culminating in works of justice. That applies to our personal lives as much as it does to the work that we do together as God's family. When God intervenes and he speaks, let's be ready to let that shape our thinking and decision-making, even at potential personal cost. Let's be obedient as we get inspired by Joseph, who was obedient. Let's be a people who are lovingly and willingly determined not to allow people to be publicly shamed or humiliated, amen? But be willing to draw alongside them and to journey with them. You don't have to go on a donkey to Bethlehem, but let's be willing to honor and respect God by the way that we love and respect them. And finally, let's be a, a people who are great at adopting. That really might mean, literally, for some of you, to go and be great at adopting. 
but also let it be a picture of how people are welcomed into this family. Drawing alongside, teaching, shaping, sharing, correcting, and imparting, otherwise known as discipling. And really, if you're, uh, you're here or you're, or you're watching and you're not a Christian, it's great that you're here. And my encouragement to you is this. My personal testimony, my story is that God, there is a God who has and will go all out for you. His desire is not for you to feel exposed, naked or ashamed. In fact, he is lovingly determined to see that this does not happen. But caught in the midst of this is your freedom to decide. That is God's freedom for you. And so my encouragement for you is this. Go and find out for yourself who this God is. And make a decision on how you want to live your life in light of what you discover. This is a journey for you, and we'd love for you to do that journey with us. This church family is a safe, very real family who have found hope, family life, and acceptance in Jesus. Here is a great place for you to explore the claims and teachings of Jesus Christ. I know we're tight in time. Can I invite the worship team to come up and just lead us in, I think, probably a song at this stage? (laughs) should we stand together that's good in response so we are going to respond in worship together I, I really appreciate that we have a short time but even now I just feel Uh, There might be a couple of you who may have even had their hearts stirred. And so therefore, and they want to bring further encouragement. And that might be they have a testimony to bring or a prophetic word to bring. Because it's good when the family come together and bring mutual encouragement to give glory to God and shape one another. That's what family do together. That's what we see in the scriptures. So if that is you, just take a moment to sharpen what God has been speaking to you in preparation for today. For this morning, we've already had a great couple of prophetic words. Well, I don't want to say that suddenly that all stops just because we're on the last song. But then, as you've been sharpened, just in the midst of worship, just to is your permission, okay? I want to give you permission. As the guys leading worship, you have something, just come up to the front and uh, we'll get a mic and we'll just pause for a moment and... and We'll just deliver it. We'll go for it. Okay. There's your permission. Now, as we worship together, let's dwell richly on the God who is just, the God who is obedient, the one who is husband to us, the one who is father to us and adopter to us. Because what a God that we belong to. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the example of this just man called Joseph in your scripture. This ordinary carpenter who you you gave the honor of fathering your one and only son. 
thank you for the example that he set and that of your servant. Thank you that it all, all of this, it just points us back to you, who you are, your heart, your mission, your character, your behavior, behavior. You're the one who is just. You're the one who is obedient. You're the one who is husband. You're the one who is father. And you're the one who is a doctor. All of these good things proceed from you. And may we as your family continue to grow in the knowledge of it and embrace it that we may point others towards it and journey with people through it. In Jesus' name, amen.
I was um, worshipping last night and um, was worshipping um, with um, some worship on Zoom and I just felt the Lord remind me that the Holy Spirit wasn't limited to whether I was in a room with people or we're um, on Zoom. So if you're watching on Zoom this morning or later, the Holy Spirit is still present with us and the scripture God reminded me about last night and again this morning, um, just to encourage you, it says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. So I just want to give thanks to you, Lord, that wherever we are, we can't escape your presence, that you are always with us every moment of every day. And we want to just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor because you are so wonderful and worthy of all praise and glory and honor for your glory in your name lord amen what a great truth to go into this week with that even when we leave god is going with us lord, that, that's amazing truth isn't it? thank amen. you it's been great to have you all with us this morning and um if you need any more prayer or anything like that you have permission to be awkward and ask anyone you want in the room to be honest <laughs> um yeah feel free to come and ask for that or um, whatever else you might need to get you through this week and um yeah stay in touch <laughs> we'll see you next sunday we'll be back in here we're back in this room next sunday so remember that don't get lost and go down into the rehearsal unless you want <laughs> don't do that <laughs> thank you everyone Let the giant stand in his way He said, hand me my sling Cause he's not that tall My God is bigger and I watch him fall My God's the king of the giants My God's the king of the lions My God's the king of the creatures of the deep My God's the king of me Have you heard the one about the sky called down? He was a mighty holy praying man He said throw